What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. Tommy Buns is taking the week off, a little vacation for the boy, uh, but it's me and Sully here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, big day in the sports world for some good reasons, some not so good reasons. But um, let's start off with the most important uh, with with Tiger Woods today uh, getting in a serious car accident. Um, thankfully, we're hearing early reports that it is not a life threatening, not life threatening injuries. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of tidbits of information throughout the day, but what we know so far. To what we know so far is two serious leg injuries to both legs, um, non-life-threatening. Not the important thing is he was. It is not being um, investigated as a DUI situation, so they weren't. They weren't. They don't think he was impaired in any way, um, which is good considering his history and you know just in general. Um, he's in surgery or maybe out of surgery, but as far as we know, we don't have confirmation he's out of surgery yet for those injuries to his legs uh he was awake and conscious and lucid uh when when the cops arrived on the scene um and taken by ambulance to harbor ucla medical which is the closest trauma center um again details still emerging but it was a shock to the system when that when that news came out today um and you couldn't help but think given the location given the images we were seeing uh being brought right back to kobe a year you know a little over a year ago um it sent that same chill down your spine um the difference is when we heard about kobe the first news about kobe was he's dead not he was in a helicopter crash not you know he may be hurt so that in that sense it was definitely more jarring but it's hard not to draw some of the same parallels in the way the news broke, the timing, the early morning, um, you know, travel, both doing it while traveling. Um, so it, it just kind of, you know, I don't know if you felt that, but it, it sent a little bit of that same fear down my, my spine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, two legends, two of the biggest in their respective sports, uh, about a year apart, a year and a month apart um like you said thankfully um it was kind of quickly reported that you know most likely you should be fine that it's not life-threatening but it's just you know really wacky weird uh pretty crappy year for last year in regards of you know what's going on in the world and especially celebrities dying whether it be kobe whether it be alex trebek who we lost you know i'm sure there's a bunch of others um, there are a bunch of others that I can't think of right now, but you know, a bunch of heavy hitters going down. Um, and like you said, this is, um, there's traveling a freak accident type of thing. Um, and we don't know a ton right now. Um, it sounds like he wasn't impaired. Uh, it doesn't, you know, I, that might not be a hundred percent, but they haven't been looking for it really. They said, and it doesn't appear yeah. to be the case. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I think that was backed up more by because they've now discovered what he was doing. He was traveling to a, a press event, essentially a photo shoot mm-hmm. for an event with Oprah Winfrey. He was scheduled to play golf with with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert yeah. at um, at a, a course nearby. So that alone makes you think that like Tiger's a professional. He's not going to go 
to uh, a thing with Oprah Winfrey rocked off pain pills oh, to the point where he can't yeah. stand or, you know, um, yeah, you'd think that I just, from my, when I saw the interview two days ago, his interview two days ago, and he looked, he looked almost as bad as his mugshot. He looked absolutely fried. He did look out of it. his eyes were glossed over. I mean, um, that could have been a red. bunch of things, but it was a really bad optic in the first, not to be a cynic, but the first thing when I saw that immediately after I knew he was okay, I thought, um, you know, oh no, knowing his history, hopefully, you know, we know his back is a big issue. Is he on the pain meds? Um, is there something else in his system? You know, and yeah. then, you know, we learned it was a windy road, 45 miles an hour, easily can go further, uh, faster than that, I should say. Um, a lot of accidents happen. Apparently, Jay Billis said um, it's around his high school, so he knows the area very well uh, where he grew up. So, yeah, apparently oh. there's like signs and everything to tell people to like slow down and trucks to only navigate in low gears. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard so that. It's clearly a, a problematic area for traffic, um, mm -hmm. you know, and early in the morning, you know, I'm sure he wasn't the most wide awake person. Um, but yeah. again, we don't I don't want to sit here and speculate about what necessarily caused it. Um, I think a lot of news organizations and fans alike learned their lesson with Kobe on that about misinformation and speculation before we know the facts. Um, because yeah. it was a very, very different picture being painted about the Kobe situation than what actually happened in the in the yeah, first every, few hours. Everyone, it went from uh, I mean the amount of people dying, the amount yeah. of family members, which family members, um, Rick Fox. Yeah, Rick Fox uh, you know, was apparently dead for was like an apparently hour. Apparently dead, and he's like, I was not even like in the same area. Um, yeah, I mean that that brought light light to you know how kind of, um. Well, we know our media isn't great for any at all media in general in this country, but um, there's Especially more with something of something as salacious as this. Yeah, it's like the importance is to be first, not be right. That's the big issue with it. It's like got to get it out, got to get it out, got to get these new details out, not back check um, the story or whatever. It's just you know being first is valued, and fortunately, in that I mean it's, it's awful situation, but it really shed light to you know we need to get the facts right when we're reporting something because this this is you know this isn't politics this isn't opinion this isn't you know any of that this is life and death this is black and white um you know so you know like you said they're they're holding this very tight to the chest and maybe for um for the better so they don't they learn from the kobe situation and that they're really trying to take this in stride and not not give up any information um that maybe contradicted in the near future because um by the way they're answering these questions they're not really giving much up that he other than that he was conscious they didn't have to use the laws the jaws of life and then uh they said they did now they're saying they didn't that was initially reported that i think that's yeah, one of that the... was that was the one thing that's been kind of backtracked yeah um, that's the one thing yeah but to me i think that would that's you know by the way they described what they did use it, it that seems like a manner, a matter of semantics. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like basically they, didn't use they needed the actual the, jaws of life device, yeah. but they basically had to do a similar needed, thing to get yeah. him out. They needed to use devices in order to get his body out. So yeah, shows you yeah. the the seriousness of the situation. Captivates that picture, um, you know, of him being crushed yet conscious um, after the accident. So I think I heard yeah. it. 
it went about like 750 feet after. That's um, insane. I mean, he's lucky to be alive, honestly. Yeah. No, he is. And which, which it does and doesn't sound like a lot because obviously, you know, you don't stop right away. But, you know, after an accident, still 750 feet is 750 feet. Um, that's a long fucking way. Yeah, it is I mean, a long way. 750 I mean, feet, that's a 75 story building. Yeah. Yeah, when Essentially, you put it that way. So I you mean, know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, don't want to speculate too much, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he was, was going over the speed limit like many do because it's downhill. It's naturally, you know, you know, like like most people, you're you're going downhill. I mean, I'm going downhill on, I don't have a ton of hills in Long Island, but, you know, when I do, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going 80. Didn't even realize it. You know, you're just cruising. Yeah. So, um, and especially when locals are saying that's an area that, you see that happen a lot yeah, to even exactly. locals and Hopefully, tiger obviously not being a local i mean he's obviously he's from the area and grew up there but not local to that road driving yeah. it all the time hopefully you know they fix something with this road or you know make another lane or i don't know do something better with it because it sounds like this is always happening there um yeah i mean hopefully yeah. people learn to not you know just in general be more careful in driving uh whether it's you know, he, he probably, you know, not saying he was texting, not saying he was speeding or any of those things, but just you can never be too careful when you're driving. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's just, absolutely. you know, it's it's like a death machine. It really is. It can kill you. Um, you know, it doesn't really get talked about enough. You know, I know. I mean, we've all, I mean, let's be honest. We've all texted and drove. We've all done, we've all, you know, driven too all fast look, at times. Know, looked we've, away and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've done it. But, everyone's done it all. Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It takes Justify something like this it, yeah. or it takes something, someone in your family or a, a personal experience where you really get your, your eyes open to how fucked you can be with that stuff. Yeah, one, one second, one millisecond, and boom, there, there's your life. So, um, yeah. you know, hopefully he recovers. You know, initially, uh, I, you know, I kind of – we don't know. We don't know what it is, but it's – it sounds like he should be okay for his career – uh we don't know we're we'll not gonna know we'll see we'll i see. mean um the fact that he was playing going to play golf today though before this is encouraging i think because i didn't even know he was at that level where he could even play casual golf um yeah so he... They, he had the surgery in um at two days before christmas and it was described as minimally invasive so it was probably some you know like equivalent to like arthroscopic type surgery touch-up type thing um yeah and he was he was swinging he wasn't playing obviously competitive golf and he wasn't playing hard but he was taking full swings reportedly in the last couple of weeks at the range and stuff like that apparently yeah. he was kind of really holding details close to the chest when in that interview with nance uh, in terms of how far along he was oh, okay. um, they they had a, do a doctor someone was on that was saying the normal recovery time is about nine or ten weeks two and a half three months for that surgery to get back to full 100 percent use mm -hmm. um so that w this would have been about that time you know he's sitting at like seven yeah. or eight weeks right now yeah. so he that's why you know kind of playing in the masters was being brought up because that would have been 14 15 weeks yeah and um, he also uh also too like he's had his back has been so bad for so long um, you know, and he's, he's not a young, what is he? He's 45, 45. Yeah. You know, he's no young kid and he's had back issues for over a decade at this point. Yeah. I mean, um, he's 45. So. His body probably feels like it's 60. Yeah. E easily. So, 
Um, you know, wishing him the best recovery-wise. If somehow he does get come back to play golf, that's incredible. If he come, somehow comes back and eventually even won, won anything, a major, a tournament, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I mean it would, listen, it would be uh, yeah, like we said, we don't want to. The most important thing is that he's he's alive yeah. and, and breathing and looks like he's going to come out of this able to make a, a full recovery physically, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if anyone if anyone can come back and and do anything in their sport again after something like this, it's Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know. You, you know. saw Bryson DeChambeau give an interview today. He was like. He wasn't even talking about, you know, John Rahm did like the type of stuff like we're, you know, like, I just hope he can come back and have a normal life with his kids and whatever. Yeah, I saw that. The hospital. Yeah. And Bryson DeChambeau skipped right over that. He was like, I, I mean, it, I, it might take him a little longer to get back. But if I know if there's anyone in the world that can come back after this, something like this and play again, it's Tiger Woods. And I, I can't wait to see him back out on the course. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So we'll, well see. I mean, I mean, we're all we'll, hoping we'll for that. More. We'll know yeah. more. I mean, by the time we're recorded next week, I'm sure we'll know a ton more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even much quicker than that, we'll know, you know, what the like yeah, injuries we're, are. It was almost, we couldn't not talk about it, but it was, it's so fresh, you know, we're recording this, you know, five, six hours after it, after the news broke. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this, you know, one of the most transcendent guys in sports history. So we had to mention it, but um, wishing Tiger well. Um, and hopefully we'll see him. We'll know more details soon, and we'll hopefully see him walking around and on the golf course and someday in the future. Um, but some guy moving on from wishing some guy well to someone Knicks fans aren't wishing well, Kristaps Porzingis. All of a sudden, not doing too, uh, not not too fond of uh, him in Dallas. And reports came out today that the Mavericks are tentatively feeling out uh, some potential trade packages for. The seven foot three Latvian, um, kind of a surprise and kind of not a surprise. Um, seems like to me, I, to me, I think it seems like they're giving up a little too early. But it also might be a situation of they're trying to strike while the iron's hot, while they can potentially get something. You know, there may be certain deals on the table that might not be there in the off season. Um, yeah. It it clearly hasn't gone as well as they had planned or hoped. Uh, yeah, maybe they're you know. trying to get ahead of the eight ball. Um, yeah, because um, you know, he's always hurt. Like this guy's always hurt. Like obviously we know the time the Knicks at the time the Knicks trade it looks bad for the Knicks. You know, it's a cap space move. Um, and it's then a cap you space know, move to sign two stars and then they don't get any stars. Don't get any stars and they're they're turning out winning the trade with you know if you want to list all the people they've acquired or picks they've had from it. Um, who is yeah, it? I mean, this is one of those deals that's going to go on like six or seven years yeah. before we, we figure out what the actual final deal yeah. was, especially guys, with the Knicks yeah, propensity to trade like, these picks. Yeah. Quickly Randall, um, Rose and some draft picks. So, you know, the Knicks got more, you know, the Knicks have turned and parlayed these picks and made multiple trades after this to really, uh, potentially write the franchise from it, which is pretty crazy because they're, you know, what are they at the eight seed right now? They're they're in a good spot. They have, young players are playing well. If they but, win tonight and Boston and Toronto lose, I believe they're the fifth seed in the East. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy. Uh, a lot of to be excited about if you're a Knicks fan um, and just a New York basketball in general. Between them and the Nets, a lot of optimism. But for the Mavericks, um, 
you know, I think I forgot the numbers on the top of my head. It's either 30 to 33 percent, something like that. Is his three point percentage this year? So he's not he's not hitting the three, which is what you I know. Think it's like 35 percent this year. Really, it's 30. even that high. Um, it's that just, may be you know, career. I saw the number earlier. Career, I've, the career, career that sounds right. Um, I I know this year he's not shooting as well. He just he doesn't seem to have the same fire. Um, he you know like you were saying before earlier in the day he doesn't have those explosive dunks and slams that make you go ooh and ah. You know right now he's a tall lanky guy. He's a defensive liability quite frankly. Um, you know he doesn't have much of a post game unless someone really undersized. You know like a guard is on him. Uh, and you know, he's not shooting well, like statistically, you look at the numbers, they don't look awful. 20 points, eight rebounds, one assist. And he hasn't played many games. He's played 17 games. He's only playing 29, 30 minutes a game. His field goal percentage. Yes. No, you're right. Three point percentage actually is 35. So it's not awful. Um, career is 35.7, not awful, but you know, that's his trademark. You know, that's his thing is the three point shot. Um, and when you're seven foot three. Yeah, and you're rebounding eight rebounds a game at seven threes, not great. Um, and you know, just what's his shot blocking this year? Because he was blocking two shots a game more with the Knicks. Um, so by year, it's one point nine, two point oh, two point four to your point, two point oh, and one point six now. So slightly regressed. Um, you know, block I block shots and steals sometimes can be a bit skewed. Um, he's like also I, probably playing a little less minutes this year. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, he's playing thirty, and also you know. I think, like, defensively, like, often, just in general, he doesn't look quick. He doesn't look quick. Like, he doesn't have a nice first step off the dribble like he did with New- in New York. Um, defensively, he, he look you know, he's skinny, but he's not, he's not, he yeah, looks kind of He, he slow. looks like Paul Pierce out there. Like, he's just moving in slow motion. Yeah, so, um, I don't think it's a bad idea at all to move off of them. Um, like I said before, um, the... So them and the Hawks right now might be able to help each other out because the Hawks are trying to move off from John Collins, who I love, who I think is a really yeah, why, good young player. I, I feel like why are they trying to move off? I of don't him? know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, do, do they know something that we don't? It's it's weird because he's like a twenty ten guy. He's like you know third fourth year in the league, I believe. Uh, I think it's think his fourth he's just year. One of those. Do you think he's just one of those guys that like you, he, they're going to have to give him a max contract, but they don't want to. There's maybe, so many players like that. Maybe, that maybe, don't, maybe they don't. To me, to me, there's probably 15 to 20 players in the NBA at any given time that deserve a max contract. There's yeah, probably and, 30 or 40 that have them. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, because there's so much of bad franchises or mediocre franchises that are like, well, this guy is like pretty good, and we can't lose him for nothing. Yeah. So we got to give him a max deal, and then you can't trade him because he's not good enough to you overpaid him. And then you're stuck winning, you know, being the seven, eight seed. Yeah. Winning 41 games a year. Yeah. I mean, I think they're like, you know, they're like 13 and 17 or something and they've had some injuries, but their team is like, I think that team is one of the three, four five most talented teams. I mean, you got Herder's really been impressive. He's more than a shooter. You have um, Capella as your center. Who's having a really good year. You obviously you have Collins. You have Gallo Trey, coming off the bench. Gallo, Trey Young, um, Bogdanovich. Um, I mean, Cam yeah, Reddish looking Cam good. Cam Reddish, De- uh, DeAndre Hunter, who's banged up right now with arthroscopic knee surgery. But there's so much young talent there. So to your point, maybe they do want to just, you know, another guy they don't have to pay. You're going to have to pay all these, a lot of these guys. You know, the good thing is if they don't all pan out, you don't have to pay all of them. But if they do pan out, you know, you have an embarrassment of riches. And, you know, he's... 
he's obviously further along. Um, this is his fourth year, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's his fourth yeah. year, so he's probably due free agent after this year or next. Um, yeah, so next maybe that maybe you know both these teams are trying to have really good players looking from the outside uh, in, and uh, they're not where they want to be. The Mavericks, I think, are. Like the Niners, I mean, yeah. the Hawks. Are the Mavericks supposed to be are coming like... together. The Mavericks are actually coming together. Um, they were really down in the dumps, um, and obviously this year we got to remember that there's the seven, ten, and eight, nine play-ins. So it's not as hard to be in contention if you're a Knicks fan, if you're a Mavericks fan, or any, pretty much any team in the West. Like you're probably still in it. Um, and Dallas is the nine right now, one game out of behind Golden State. So I think they should get in there, and I think they should get. Um, even in that 7-8 seed. Teams like the Spurs and Warriors, I'm not completely sold on yet. But regardless, you know, they can make a trade, whether it's for Collins and pick up more. Uh, you know, maybe it's a draft pick, maybe it's another player. And they could still be, you know, it doesn't mean they're mailing it in because they trade KP away. Um, you know, his availability hasn't been there. He's soft. Um, you know, they can, you know, and I think, you know, KP, like, we look at the 35% three-point shooting. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Luka does not shoot the three well. It's I think it's his, probably his only weakness. That and defensively is not great. Those are his only weaknesses. Yeah. So you, you need shoots shooter. a lot of them, too, though. He That's does. He does. He, he shoots He shoots more than he should. A little Russell Westbrook-esque. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like it's a little late, you know, because he does everything. He passes. He's rebounded. You know, and a player like him, I feel like he when he drives, like, you know, it's more physical finesse it's you know it's a, more of a slow-mo you know so i feel like his drives you know it's taxing on him you know he, he can't drive every single time so sometimes he kind of just sits you know and does that little fadeaway three and it looks nice but you know he's only shooting 31 percent or so from three so it's you know it's not a high quality shot so you know yeah. you obviously need shooters around him uh seth curry was a huge loss i think and he's really paying dividends for the uh sixers so if you can get and Collins is a, is a better three point shooter also even um, if you can get him if you got like Collins and like another nice bench player three point shooter from them um, or just in general add add to your three point shooting and get a different big in there and and yeah, mix I mean, things up. Uh, what does it say? Um, Atlanta would have to give up something else. They'd have to give up a big name or a big contract guy because KP makes what you know. 28 yeah. million whatever he makes a year he's got a max contract um yeah they'd have to give Collins up still on his rookie them. deal so what, i don't know Collins if it'd be like a like gallinari or something i don't i don't know uh someone... maybe but i mean like then you then dallas has got to give back a, a pick or something you know yeah there, I mean, there's... we always thought it would be you know so it's like a race to two because then once you have two three's easier in general um so yeah. like in, with a lot of these teams so it's like you you have their two and then their first year I think two years ago, whenever they got the seventh seed, or was it? I forgot. Was, was it last? No, last year they got the seventh seed, and they they did really well. They kind of surprised surprised people. And this year they kind of took a back seat. A lot of people thought they were going to be title contenders, um, or at least Western Conference, you know, conference finals contenders. And they haven't been to that point yet. Although they're playing better ball of late, um, and you know they're trying to get increase emergency. And they haven't, you know, we haven't really heard. You know, what are they going to trade for this third star? They don't really have a ton of other high-end assets and picks, really. Yeah, and so, they can't trade a pick for four years because of the Knicks deal because you can't you can't trade back-to-back -back picks. Exactly. So you're looking at, like, you know, free agents and things along those lines. Um, That's so, why I think the, the – what, what did we talk about before? Oh, uh, so another option is Toronto. And 
yeah. Kyle Lowry going to Toronto or Kyle Lowry going to Dallas um, for, you know, KP going to Toronto and that Kyle Lowry's got a 34, $35 million contract that would come yeah. off the books at the end of the year. It's expiring. I think they deal. would That's, need a, uh, a big in return as well, though. Um, I don't think they would give KP up. Not saying the, mo- the money works out. I get that. But I'm just saying um, I think they would want a big back as well, you know, because you're obviously going to need a replace. You know, I, and I love, I yeah. love, I love Bogdan. I love, um, you know, Boban. Boban. I love Boban, but he can only play 10, 12 minutes a game. Yeah, so. say he's on a, he's on a permanent minutes restriction. Yeah. I mean, um, and he's obviously another defensive liability and talking about slow feet. Um, but so you, you would need another, um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they'd give up someone like Boucher who's having a great year. I don't trying to think of their other bigs. Who are their other bigs? They have, uh. Jeez, they lost Ibaka. They lost. They lost everyone. Ibaka. They um, lost Gasol. Who's their? Uh, they have Siakam's obviously untouchable. Um, yeah, they're not going to get rid of Siakam. I mean, that's why they want KP is to help stretch the floor for Siakam and give him another legitimate scoring option outside of Lowry and a point guard. You know. Yeah, yeah. Scoring point um, guard is different than a, a guy like KP would bring. Definitely. Uh, they have Aaron Baines, who's okay, but you know, he's nothing. Not really a big uh, needle mover. Yeah, they yeah, don't I mean, really have that. Might be a, that might be a situation where a third team has to come in into play. Yeah. Um, to take on some money from someone, and that's actually where the Knicks come back into play because the Knicks have by far the most salary cap available right now in the NBA. They've over fifteen million in space under the salary cap right now. I think the Charlotte Hornets are next with four million in change. So the Knicks have about. 11 million dollars more in salary cap available than any other team in the league to help facilitate a deal mm-hmm. and that maybe they take on a, a an expiring con- bad contract or something like that and yeah. they grab a you know two second rounders or a late first in the in the process um what do you think um trying to switching gears a little bit here what do you think the chances are the Knicks trade Julius Randle um at this what, point, I don't. I very little. Very and what's, little. And what, what's your opinion on it? Because I could, I could see both sides on this. Um, you know, there. If he keeps this up, then I think he's worth a bigger contract. Not a max, though. No, I don't think he's worth a max. But but he's probably going to ask for a max. Fears me that he'll ask for it and it that goes back to the same thing we were with with john collins before like john collins julius randall do not deserve a max contract under any qualification and to me at least i mean yeah they very well get someone will give julius randall a max contract some one of the 30 teams in the nba will do it yeah like what, what happened with Gordon Hayward, for example. Like that was yeah, kind of a little exactly. Scary. I mean, we thought Gordon Hayward was like, yeah, yeah, okay, Gordon Hayward, you'll be lucky if you get fifteen mil a year. And Charlotte threw fucking twenty two at him, you know. And he's playing. He's playing well, but I mean, he's not a top twenty five or even thirty player for that. You know, he's exactly. He's playing great, but he's, he's still overpaid. He's probably in know? the thirty to forty range. Um, yeah. Um, Randall is young. He's only twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, 26, forget I think. he came out. Was he out of Kentucky after his first year? Kentucky, yeah, he played one year at Kentucky. Then yeah. he injured, he broke his leg in his first game and didn't. With the Lakers, so he essentially right? didn't. Yeah, he didn't play his rookie year. So he's essentially, it, I don't know, he's twenty six. Probably been in the league like this. Probably his sixth year, but he's really only played five years. Yeah. Um, and he didn't sign a, a 
a re-up on his rookie deal, and that's why he signed the two-year deal in New Orleans before mm-hmm. he came to New York. Um, and that's why he's so young and a free agent um, because he didn't get a second max after yeah. his rookie deal. Yeah, he's got um, a lot of be- good basketball left in him. But, I mean, we obviously – I don't think we think he's going to have seven or eight assists a game for the you know rest of his career. But, um, you know, he, no. he he's a little bit of a ball hog. He's a very – uh, good passer. He's not always a willing passer. He's got the ball a lot. Like the Nick offense, I don't watch it as much as you, but it seems a lot. You know, a lot of it to go dump it to Randall. You know, see what he can do. Drive, put his head down, mid range. You know, make a play for someone. You know, I mean, if you traded him, while it may be smart if you get a really, if you get some really good young pieces, I'm sure you do that and some draft capital. But I mean, you know, you get, the rest of the year is pretty shot at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, without Randall this year, the Knicks are probably a six, seven, eight win team. They're one of the three worst teams in the league. Um, but, you know, it, you, I, I'm now I, uh, two months ago, I was please trade him. Yeah. You know, the beginning of the year, I was just get a mid to late first rounder for him, just like we did in Morris last year. And that'll be that we clear the cap. We get another first. And we continue building this team around RJ, Mitch, and mm-hmm. whatever we can sign with the most cap space in the NBA this summer. But now, I mean, you you can't deny his his transformation in his game with Thibodeau. There's still some element of him control, being too much of a point forward, but he's become so much better at being that under Thibodeau that you can't you almost can't like knock him for it anymore. You know, yeah. I, am I going to get mad at his? you know three turn four turnovers when he's got eight assists you know i and the four spot i can't be mad at that and i can't argue with the results i mean the knicks aren't exactly blowing anyone out of the water but they are certainly overperforming yeah i mean i i think i agree i would have to get a really really great offer with you know young players and future picks that you know would really set you up going forward because I've always been, you know, the Knicks have been rebuilding forever. We know it. It's like the Jets. It's like, you know, they've been rebuilding forever. And I've been, I was, a, as you know, a big fan of uh, Thibodeau because um, they need to win. They need to start winning. They need to build a winning culture similar to what the Nets were doing. And, you know, that in turn um, entices free agents. So I think, you know, wow, the Knicks are actually a legit team. The Knicks making, a play- making the playoffs gives them a lot of credibility. It's not just the garden and shitty ownership and, you know, that's it. Now you have, oh, Julius Randle's a legit player. Emmanuel Quickly's, Quickly's a rising star. Um, R.J. Barrett, Barrett's possibly. Quiet, and Barrett's quietly having a good year. He's Barrett's averaging 18, 19 a, a game. As well, I think 18, yeah. So, you know, now you have pieces and now you're winning and now you have, you know, the Derek Rose move kind of showed that they're trying to win now as well, which I don't hate. Like I said, you got to win if you want, you know, so many years, year after year, you know. I mean, all these guys, they're going down like dominoes. Knicks are barely even in on them. Whether, you know, yeah. they're barely even in on these guys. Whether it's Kyrie, whether it's KD, you know, whether we, we hoped, they hoped it to be honest, you know, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, yeah. people like and Dwayne now, Wade in the past, the, LeBron, everyone. You look at the, the free agent class that a year ago was projected to be the best free agent class ever is quickly dwindling. You have Paul George re-signing. You have Anthony Davis re-signing. You have Giannis Giannis, signing his max deal. Um, So it goes from what was thought to be, you know, you'd have a shot at four or five legit superstars to choose from. 
now you're looking at the likes of Victor Oladipo and Andre Drummond and and those second tier guys. Yeah, that, those don't get me excited. Those don't get me excited. And you're crazy if you think that Victor Oladipo and Andre Drummond aren't going to ask for a max contract. Yeah, and it's like, do I want Victor Oladipo or Julius Randle? Julius Randle. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I'm so not. It, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, and I'm not an Oladipo guy. I don't. He's talented, but he he's got some weird uh, shit about him. Like you know, I know he we obviously know he was traded to the Rockets, and his teammates like they weren't happy because he would like talk to the Heat and other teams about like you know, can I play for you guys? Like on the court before games, like yo, let me play for you guys. Like right before, like in front of his other team, like he seems like a shady guy. Like yeah, maybe we don't, you know, maybe we're not biggest fans of the Russell Westbrooks of the world or guys like this but they're competitors and you, you know, know they're, who they are yeah you, you yeah know we know are. what they say oladipo i don't know who oladipo is and what he stands for if he retired in three years wouldn't surprise me if he's like a bench player like i don't i don't know like he's he had that one insane year and other than that you look at his career it's like nice career but nothing special yeah he's putting up rj barrett numbers yeah rj barrett and rj barrett's 20 so yeah. Um, and like, like once again, the Knicks don't Knicks or nor the Heat for me. They we have enough guards. We have enough talented guards and wings. We don't need him at all. So you can. Yeah, no, I I think at this point overall, you you really have to keep Randall. Um, yeah. I and think I, they've they've done a good job of really parlaying assets they have into better things. I mean, look at draft night last year. They had they went into the night with the twenty seventh and thirty fifth pick and turned that into the 25th and 33rd pick they moved yeah. two spots or four spots up without doing anything they didn't give up anything and they just moved four spots up because they made deals in real time yeah um so having a competent front office now and, and now a coach that people players actually respect and can trust is going to be a good coach i think it, it makes a difference and and when you couple that with oh look they snuck into the playoffs this year or Oh look, they were really competitive, yeah. and they just missed the playoffs. Yeah, you know? as long as they're like in the nine and ten seed, and they're in those playing games, and they will be, they'll they'll be in those playing games. I think they'll probably be like eight or nine, you know, in that area. Yeah. Like they'll be in those playing games because the East is so bad. Uh, and you know, another fear is if you trade Randall, you may lose the team. Like you like yeah, this team. Like you got to remember these guys. They want to and win. And how does that look to free agents? It doesn't like, look good. Like, like you, you got a young star playing. He's an all-star for the first time. Developed, essentially developed into that under your tutelage, and you ship him yeah. out. For, you got. You, you got to remember these guys. Players want to win. All players want to win. Front offices are the ones that want to tank by the teams they assemble. Players want to win, and losing sucks. And the Knicks have sucked and lost for decades. So now you have a chance. And I mean, you know, why would you trade for Derrick Rose and then trade Randall away? Uh, it wouldn't make yeah. sense. It wouldn't make sense. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, and Thibodeau's not that type of coach. He, you know, he wants to win. He's going to play his guys. There's, there's times RJ Barrett's on the fourth quarter because he doesn't think it, he, it's, you know, he's not playing well or deserving. He plays who he thinks has the best chance to win. None of this knock shit or Frank or I know Frank's hurt right now, but none of this, you know, developmental crap that have always been critical of them. He wants to win games. Who can get me there? That's what I like about him. And obviously the defense and how hard how hard players play for him. Um, I mean, at this point, like the way I look at Thibodeau, Thibodeau's a top 10, 12 coach for me. Like at minimum top yeah. half of the league. Like he's a top 10, 12 coach. He's a really good coach. 
you could say that and like he's at least a good coach minimum and now you haven't had that in so long i think the last yeah. good decent coach is probably hornacek and he obviously is in the caliber of of tom thibodeau yeah and he was there was so i, I always felt bad for jeff hornacek because i really didn't think he got a fair shake in New yeah York. i agree i agree um he, you know, he was what he happened to him? like, what is he doing now? Yeah, I don't know. I think he got another job in the league, like, you know, on another bench somewhere. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but yeah, he he just was he got he was basically brought in to be a puppet, you know, and yeah. try and run the triangle, which is an offense that he didn't know. He watched it from the other side, beat him for, you know, three NBA finals or two NBA finals. Yeah. Um, but I, I always thought Hornacek was actually a good coach. Um, I did. Yeah. But you know he just got a raw deal. Um, but who is but but like a legit really good coach? Who was the last? Larry Brown. Two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. Lenny Wilkins. Well, Lenny yeah, Wilkins okay. leads the the NBA in most wins ever. Also leads the NBA in most losses ever. Yeah, I mean. I mean, outside that, I don't know who. I mean, you know, Fizdale is one of the worst coaches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he was like of a team that I followed closely or even mildly closely. He's the worst coach I've ever seen. Yeah, but he, which he, is crazy because he was so well liked in Miami by players, like you know LeBron and Wade and all those guys. These it, guys, he's just they, one of those guys. They he's, have like a, he's like a coordinator who's yeah. who's only good at his thing. He can't be a head coach, but he's a good coordinator. Yeah, he's the he, same thing. Like with they have deal. ceiling. Like players, have, like some of these coaches have ceilings. Like. He's not going to lead it like he had that one speech in Memphis and that's what everyone knows him for. Um, you know, yeah. about like the, you know, his team with the with the fouls and he stood up for his team and that's great you stood up for your team, but like once it's like you you interview But then Fred. he got fired because he didn't stand up for his team. He got fired cuz he it was fucking with Marcus Gasol. Yeah. You know? He couldn't couldn't get along with the nicest guy in the league, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, it, it's weird, you know. Everyone I know people went nuts when they got Fizdale and I was like I was one of them. I was so happy. Because, uh, uh, you know, up to that point, his resume was pretty encouraging, you know? Yeah. And then once you watch him up close and, he can't and see call what he's plays. about. Yeah. Can't call plays. I mean, I've told this story, but, you know, we, we ran into scouts at, at a Knicks game once. Um, and they were, they were like, laughing at Fizdale. They were like, yeah, we're, we're just here because we have to be here. We're not even doing any work tonight. I mean, it, scouting Fizdale is like scouting at high school AAU offense. And that was just like really eye-opening to me yeah um the quote i mean it didn't obviously come true this was two summers ago or two two seasons ago the quote from the scout was yeah two years from now kevin durant will be here but david fisdale won't and I, it was just like oh wow so like even if you're telling me they get a top five player in the nba fisdale isn't good enough to stick around with that yeah you know so that was that was funny from my perspective. But last thing we'll touch upon on uh, NBA tonight is is All Stars. I mean, talking about Julius Randle, first time All Star tonight. Um, mm -hmm. Where we have, let's pull up the let me pull up the the reserves. We found out the starters last week. The reserves, NBA All Star reserves for 2021. The West will be Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis. And for the East, we have James Harden, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic. Um, happy for Randle. I think those are, I think they got it right this year. Um, 
I don't see too much crazy talk about incredible snubs. Um, yeah. There was some talk about, like, Luca over Damian Lillard and, you know, for the starter, but, like, Lillard's still going to be there, you know? I yeah. haven't heard too many crazy snubs about people not getting invited yeah, at Lillard's, all. Yeah, Lillard's, like, it's tough because you have, who is it? It's, it's um you have Luca, Steph, and who's the other one? Who's the other, other, uh... Donovan Mitchell? Don, no, no, Chris no, Paul? For, the, for the starters, for the, for the West, who are the West starters? Oh, I gotta, because, uh, because there was, um, there were three guys and, and obviously, you know, there, it's tough to take, oh, okay, I got it, it was, um, no, it's only, I forgot, there's only two guards, so it's, yeah, it's Luca or Curry, and Curry's having a great year. Yeah. So... I don't know how Curry hasn't gotten more MVP talk. I guess it's just because the Warriors aren't that great. Um, and yeah. the Lakers and Sixers are. So Embiid and and Sim, or Embiid and LeBron are obviously getting the talk. Um, yeah. Um, but Curry, I mean, Curry, Curry's having one of the best years of his career. He's probably having the best year of his career outside of his two MVP career, MVP years. Yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. Um, but like... An interesting thing that I thought about was, I mean, I don't agree with who I who he chose to pick, but um, you know, Chuck's like Anthony Davis isn't an all star, and obviously they're hurting without him, but like Anthony Davis is having a really sad year by his standard, um, and he and he's out right now. Um, I could be talked out of not having him an all star because he's really, I mean, his numbers are like twenty one and eight, and he's like out of shape. Um. Players have basically, like, Draymond Green have been, like, um, kind of, you know, poking around and saying, there's, like, a superstar right now that's, like, completely out of shape. Um, and they're alluding to the fact that, you know, this person had a really, you know, long, really short off season with COVID. And it's basically believed to be Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis's numbers, everything is a, is down across the board. Uh, his rebounding, his shooting, his scoring, um, you know, so, like, do you, you know, do you, do you take someone out for Anthony Davis? Um, you know, I, th I think you possibly could. Um, yeah, but just... well, he's, I mean, he, he's got that Achilles injury, right? You know, I also feel like uh, that hasn't been talked about enough. I feel like someone deserves some blame for that. You know, that went from like bad to worse real quick. Yeah. I don't know if it's on the Lakers or on I'm not him even saying or... he shouldn't he shouldn't because of that. I'm just saying like in general like his he's not having a fantastic year. Like like Christian Wood, I mean I know he got hurt like two weeks ago, but Christian Wood is more deserving, I think, over Anthony. Like Christian Wood is putting up insane numbers, like twenty. But isn't he and... done for like a long time too? How, when's he coming back? I, I'm not sure. I don't I don't think it's too long. Um, but even still though, I mean, like, you you know, injured players can get voted and, you know, you replace them. It's still an, yeah, an yeah, honor. Yeah. Um, you know, John Morant missed a lot of time. So I understand why, you know, why he wouldn't get, did Brandon Ingram make it? No, no. I Zion. mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, Zion, the fan vote. Zion's going to be like fucking Yao Ming. He's going to get in every year because of the yeah, I mean, Zion's putting up sick numbers. 26. He is having a great year. I mean, 20, I, I think, not... like, I think he's deserving as well. 26, 7, 61% from the floor, three assists a game. He's already averaging the same amount of more assists. I think 3.1 assists more assists than Tim Duncan. One of the best passing bigs of all time did for his career. So like he's developing, like I see him, like he's passing out of double teams. Like he's learning how to like, 
really play the game and let it come Crazy. to him. I, I, I'm surprised at how bad they are. Like from a record as a team from a record standpoint. Yeah, they they they've I, been getting a little better as well too. But yeah, only thirteen and seventeen. Um, I think we kind of somewhat called this because they're building for the future. They traded away Drew Holiday for uh, Eric Bledsoe, and Eric Bledsoe's not good at basketball. Like he's just not good. Yeah. Like um, he's been on the decline for so long. Um, that's where it was a good trade for the Bucks. Um, even though it hasn't worked out great for them uh, from a record standpoint. But Drew Holiday is miles better than um, Bledsoe. And three years ago, you may not have said that because of Bledsoe's talent. But Drew Holiday so solid on both sides of the ball. Um, does it all. Passes, shoots, you know, defends. Um, so I think that was a really big loss for them. And I think that's one of the key reasons they're not in that eight, 7 8 seed right now. Um, yeah, I mean, Drew Holiday did everything for them. Yeah, and he on the defensive end too. You yeah, know? and Stephen Adams hasn't been as big for them as I thought he would be. Me too. Yeah, not, he, not that he was I out a little know, was bit, expecting yeah. him to be some you know franchise altering player, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't think he's I don't think he's giving them what we expected him to give them. No, no, he's not. Um, he's just a he's just a role player, really. Um, yeah, and then in the East. Um, and then the East, I mean, two, two, two of my guys at the Heat didn't make it, but it's, you know, Jimmy Butler missed a good amount of time. He's putting up like 19, 8, and 8. He's having a really good year still. Had uh, three double-doubles in four games. Bam's having a great year. Um, but uh, like you mentioned before, they're statistically only 14 and 17 while surging for them. Uh, one seven last 10. We've, had a lot, we've been hit hard by COVID injuries, whether it's Hero Bradley, Butler, Bam, we've had a lot of Drogic, we've had a lot of injury bug and COVID, so I get I get not having them in for a Vucevic, who's twenty four and twelve. That's an insane year. Zach Levine, I think, is very deserving, very happy he got in. Um he's playing off. He's his defense is way better. And here you have the Chicago Chicago Bulls at the eight seed. Um that's you know, they're they have a young they've had young talent for a while now. Um, they're one of those teams, like like whether it's like the Kings teams that can't get around the hump, they're finally looking decent now. So, yeah. and he's a big yeah, part I'm happy of that. Yeah, Levine too. He definitely deserves it this year. He used to be an awful defender. Now he's like awful, much much. Like he's like more statistically than... one of the worst. I think he was the worst. You know the old Kevin yeah. Knox stat. Like he was yeah. one of the worst or the worst defender. I don't know where he ranks. He's point. he's he's really solid now. Like he's he's making plays. I feel like. You know, as a you know a young guard, athletic guard in the league, you know you get paid from scoring. Like you put up twenty five a game, you're gonna get paid. Whether you're yeah as bad as Luca, Trey Young, or you know, not saying they're the worst there, but these guys, you know, like Levine was, you, you know, you get paid to score. You're putting up twenty five, thirty a game, no matter how inefficient you are, like Russell Westbrook inefficient, you're getting paid. Yeah. So, but once you realize like your team like can't win without defense, like you're the leader, you need to play defense. I feel like he really put in a lot of work and really got in the weight room. He's bigger. He's really uh, effort, you know, all across the board. It's just better. He's really committed himself to the defensive end. And um, Chicago, of course, is defensively is following his lead. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, I don't really, you know, it's not really anyone else that I can think of in the East, really. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really too much to complain about this year from 
you know, I heard Lowry and Van Vliet like, no, I love Van Vliet, but no, not, I mean, yeah. you know, guys like here. Butler and Bam are, are way ahead of these guys. Um, yeah, even like Sabonis, I'm giving a nod. Oh, Sabonis, them. Sabonis is another good one you could have made a case for. Um, yeah. But Vucevic is having an amazing year. So, yeah. Um, just not on a good team, but you know, you could argue Sabonis over Vucevic because of, you know, that the Pacers are in that four seed. They are, they live in that four or five seed. Doesn't matter who the coach is. Doesn't matter. And they lose first round every year. Middle of the conferences. That's their favorite spot. I know. I mean, uh, I mean, it's better than a seven or eight seed because conceivably you have the chance and, uh, but I mean, oh, I mean, they're just. They've tried so many different things, moving players like Old Depot. They changed Nate McMillan, who's a solid coach. Um, yeah, they're one of those. Like, I feel like if they were in a location that people wanted to sign in, they could. They had that team, and then they sign one star in free agency, and they're a legit contender. Yeah, but they they're just, not in a location that oh, Indiana want to play in. You know, I don't. I don't I mean, know really what's what's in Indiana. I couldn't tell you. Nothing. It, I mean, they call it NapTown for a reason. You yeah, know, no, yeah, no NBA player, no star is gonna be like, "Yep, let me let me go to Indiana." Unless they were born and raised in Indianapolis, yeah, they, got, they got lucky with it with you know Peyton Manning, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah, but the NFL, you know, it's it's that and still they drafted him. But no, like, that's what I mean. They got I, I mean they got lucky because they drafted him, or else Peyton Manning's yeah. not coming to Indian Indianapolis. Exactly, that's what I yeah. meant. Um, same with Andrew Luck. You know, yeah. there's just teams like that. It's just you're not gonna. That's like where there is, I think it's the most prevalent in the NBA because there's just so much player movement and so much player empowerment. Yeah. Um, you just never, there's like, there's like eight places that players are going to choose to sign. Like stars yeah. are going to choose to Miami, sign. Miami, you know? LA, New York, you Chicago, know, Boston. Used to be Houston. Used to be Houston or Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Houston and Dallas. Cause they have the, the, um, no income no, tax. Yeah. No income. Yeah. Um, but you know, Houston and Dallas are major cities, you know, that there's yeah. Yeah, Phoenix maybe, but like, even that's a stretch, you know, S- golden state. Cause of San Francisco, like that's another one. Um, but I mean, what did we just name? We named 10, eight cities and that's 10 teams. Cause you got two in New York and two in LA. That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, no one's fucking signing in Milwaukee, like no free agent. Like, obviously Giannis came there. He's international. Like this is his first city in, in the United States that he lived in. Um, and they drafted him, you know, and they, they built a culture around him and everything. Yep. That's a different situation. No one, no NBA player who's 25, 26, 27, 28 years old and is a free agent, unrestricted free agent for the first time, is going to say, I'm going to sign him. I'm signing a max deal in Milwaukee. It's just not happening. Yeah, not I mean, you got to have Minnesota, like birth... not signing the max deal in Oklahoma City. Like, you must have had to have been happening. born in that area. And most aren't, obviously born near that exactly. area, have some sort of tie college wise. And, you know, I have actually a decent one. Not sure exactly who I'd take it away from, um, the spot, but I know it's a player you've you've been high on this year that's really killed it. Uh, Jeremy Grant is another one that, um, you know, definitely could have consideration. You know. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, the thing is, he doesn't really rebound. He's like a big. He's putting up like five rebounds a game, but he's putting up almost twenty-four points a game. Um, you know, it's it's the, the tough point. You know, they're so bad. They're so, they're so bad. bad. That's why. That's, that's the thing. That's gonna hurt him. That's that's what hurts him. And he's so, in Detroit. Like you don't get the fan vote in Detroit. Like you're in a you're in a small market. You know, a you smaller know, market. Yeah, it's like you know who are you taking out. You're you'd have to take like Ben Simmons is someone that's like, you know, he's just like we know how we feel about Ben Simmons is overrated, but they're the number one seed in the East. You know, so that's worth something. Yeah. 
It is. Doc, Doc doing, I mean, we're pretty, we're kind of Doc haters. Doc's doing well so far. He um, is. No, I got to give Doc credit. You got to give um, Doc credit. It's not the same team. We do also need to acknowledge that. Uh, Steph Curry's a huge addition, but, um, no, yeah, but he's I doing mean, well. he was also a, a, a piece in building that, you know, when yeah, he got he, there, he was, he was given advice on front office moves. That's yeah, it's fair. So. We'll see if it's the same old Sixers. Um, I Granted, think if, that is his son-in-law, so yeah, might have been a little nepotism there. Yeah, but it is I working think out. if I'm Philly, I'm trying to get uh, Kyle Lowry and get a, with three, you know, he's not an elite shooter or anything, but someone that can make three pointers and stretch the floor because players like Simmons and Giannis, uh, they're so much easier to guard in the playoffs than in the regular season. Like you just you play them so much differently, and uh, those teams they don't go far. They never do. Especially when you can do it seven games in a row. Yeah. You know? Like, you can get a game plan. You get a feel of teams. And it's like, you know, we're going to give Ben Simmons six feet, and we know all he's going to do is either pass it or get an extra step on a drive. And we can clearly, we, you know, it also helps us well defensively. We're seeing where he's coming. You know, it's just, um, you know, I think, I think, I mean, I think Giannis is much better shooter. And, you know, Giannis is more well-versed game-wise. I, I, I don't understand how these, like, players look so good in a, a gym and then they doesn't translate to the court, like, in a game. Yeah. You know, like, we see Giannis hitting threes all the time, like, pull-up threes in practice videos and it's shit. Got, it's mental for him, I think. The same started with AD. We see Mitchell Robinson's another great example we saw i all summer i'm watching mitchell robinson do crossover pull up fadeaway threes draining like eight out of ten and the guy hasn't taken a 10 foot jump shot this season i don't understand it like how is there that much of a difference between what we're seeing obviously it's a you know nba game versus you know playing in an open gym and shooting around and whatnot but like people get open shots in the nba like it's got. If, I mean, if me and you were in the NBA, we'd get an open shot one once every once in a while, and and, and we hit it. And, you know. Well, uh, once in a while, I know you're a far better basketball player than me. I know I would be scared shitless, and I'm probably airballing it. <laughs> I know in a in a in a packed gym, I'm probably <laughs> airballing even free throws. I think it's a whole nother animal. I really do. But obviously, we're not professional athletes, um, and we haven't been yeah, playing. But in packed my gyms. point is, I'm not doing like. You know, between the legs, fade away. Yeah, you're not. You're, you're not putting in, in the work. You're not a professional athlete. You're not. You know, you're not doing. You're just an yeah, open shot. I like just, just. I just don't get how there's that much of a disconnect between the insane moves we're seeing in scrimmages and in an open. I gym think it's got to be game. confidence. I think it's just. You know, it's got to be like I haven't done this before. You know, I don't know whether. I don't know. I feel like it's got to be a confidence issue because, you know, you can do it. So. You know, the fact you're not even yeah. taking the shots, you know, the fact you're not even taking the shots, I think kind of kind of sums it up. Because it's not like, you know, Mitchell Robinson or Ben Simmons is taking so many threes. And, you know, it's like Russell Westbrook, dude, stop taking so many threes. You know, Giannis is at least trying it. But for him, the threes yeah. just aren't going in. Uh, like, I've noticed when he gets a dribble and he's much better, like in rhythm, like most. But, you know, like if Giannis is, you know, pulling up, you know as a three that's an awful shot but if you you know you hit him he takes one dribble he shoots it he can make it but like off the dribble like no that's not a high percentage shot that's a win for the defense so yeah what was it a few weeks ago they played the suns and Giannis missed like a you know 18 footer for the win and i saw i saw that that was a great booker game got booker got like kind of got shit for the comment after he was like yeah that was like that's exactly what we wanted 
Of course. Okay. Yeah, it was it was like it was a pull up um like yeah 18 19 like, footer. Yeah, it was a pull-up contested slightly and, contested 18 footer and yeah and like it. that's exactly it and like for if you are donovan mitchell if you're any guard if you're any shooter that's a good look you say that's a good look even when he like when he did the dribble you like that's an open look could go in but it's Giannis. so all things considered he can go to the free throw line he you know he can get fouled he can drive you can get an open three that's not a good look for the bucks and yeah. that's the problem who's the go-to guy on the bucks like Chris Middleton is having a very nice year once again. Not as good in the playoffs, but you know, are you really? He's not an uber shot creator. Yeah, he's not a shot. You know, you get the ball for him. You know, he's more a guy off pin downs, off off screens that you get an open shot for him. Cool, but you know, who's who are you putting the ball in hands in their hands? Giannis, you know, can't pull up. That's not the shot you want. You need to get Middleton open. You know, Divincenzo. No, I mean, you know, Drew Holiday yeah. maybe can be that guy. I mean, I, I you know. That'd probably be uh, who he's I'd... gonna have to be this year. I mean, he's my pick. Yeah, he would be if mine that's, as well. That's the situation. He's my pick. You know, and then he can create and maybe find Middleton or you know. So uh, that's another situation. Situational basketball just doesn't favor up for those teams that you know when the player that handles the ball for them is so limited in uh, you know two, three, four, five seconds. They're you know the options are limited for them. So um, yeah. I still. I you know I don't think much of the Bucks this year. I'm interested to see the Sixers, especially if they get Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it will certainly be interesting. Um, but that that is going to do it this week for us. Um, thanks for stopping in. Uh, make sure you follow us on the socials, Bleacher Fan or Bleacher Fan Sports everywhere on all the socials, and check out our store, uh, Bleacher Fan Sports Store. You can find at the link at the socials or on the website. Um, and we'll see you next week.